I'm your host, Brandon Coble, and I want to welcome you back to Kaiser Weekly Podcast, your location for all your Kaiser news and state news. If you're tired of listening to news from Baltimore, Hagerstown, Pittsburgh, uh, Virginia, and you want to hear about what's going on in your area and in your state, then this is the YouTube channel for you. And I really hope that my Kaiserite friends all enjoy this and really get something from it. So on this episode, let's get started with the weather. So today we're looking at a high of 85 degrees, a low of 67, 88% chance of rain showers all day long. Highly advise you have an umbrella or a raincoat with you if you're going to be outside uh, just be ready to get wet. It's not going to be a really pretty day. Now, on Tuesday, the high is going to be 83, a low of 69 degrees. You're looking at 86% chance of showers early in the morning. But by afternoon, things really should clear up and look a lot better for us. On Wednesday, the high is 87. We got a low of 73 degrees, a low of 73. That's incredible. Uh, 67% chance of showers throughout the day. So off and on, you're going to see intermittent showers. Probably nothing super heavy, at least as of right now, but we're going to get some rain showers here and there. Now on Thursday, we're looking at a high of 85, low of 68, 80% chance of evening showers. On Friday, we're 83 for a high, low of 63, uh, 40% chance of morning showers. And then on Saturday, a high of 85, a low of 62, with a 56% chance of morning showers. So temperatures are going to be lower than what they were this previous week, but it should be a lot wetter. And let's be honest, we need the rain in this area. I don't know about the rest of y'all. Pretty positive you're in the same boat, but my yard, the green is the weeds. My grass is brown. So... We need this rain really bad. If you've looked down in the rivers and in the streams, then you see how dry it is. And that's just not a good thing for us. We really need the rain. So moving on from the weather, let's look at our Kaiser news, which isn't a whole lot, but it's still, this is what I picked and have found that I think that you will enjoy information that you might like to know. So our first annual Rich Smith Memorial Softball Tournament took place at the Stamen Field at Potomac State College this past weekend. Uh, the tournament is something that's just been created, and it's going to be used to. It was used uh, to raise money uh, for the Rich Smith Scholarship. That scholarship is going to go to a Kaiser student that, upon graduation, plans on attending Potomac State College. So. The event this year, the softball tournament, has raised $600, which is not a bad start. That is a fantastic start for the first ever event on this annual tournament and for this first year of raising money for the scholarship. Uh, there are other events that are in plans, as far as I've been made aware, uh, to continue to raise money for the scholarship. But hey, let me tell you. College is expensive, people, so a dollar is a dollar. And anytime somebody is doing something like this and creating 
a, a scholarship uh, that's used as a memorial and to help a Kaiser student. This is a wonderful thing that we need to get behind and we really need to support. Sorry, I lost my train of thought and my ability to talk for two seconds there. Uh, but congratulations to Courtney Smith, who I believe, if memory serves me correctly, this was her grandfather. And this is used to memorialize him and to feed into our community. And it takes a lot of work, a lot of effort. Uh, you ask anybody that has been a part of trying to get an event going, uh, even on a small scale, it's tremendously stressful. So hats off to her uh, for getting this accomplished and getting this put together. And from all the things that I've heard, it went really well. So we look forward to more events uh, that Courtney is planning on putting together and more of these softball tournaments, uh, especially next year. I expect things to continue to grow. And I just I pray and I ask our community to really get behind this and help support uh, our local students and give them a, another opportunity to be able to attend college without going in debt really bad. And that's what this will do. This will help some student out. Now, locally, and this is really state, uh, but it did affect local, and that's why it's thrown here. Uh, so we had uh, the DMV and the DHHR um, this past week. If you went there and you were trying to get something accomplished, good luck, because things just didn't go very well at those two locations uh, this past week. But I want you to remember two very important things. Number one, it was no fault of the workers at our local offices. So if you were there and things weren't running smoothly, I hope that you treated these people with respect because there's nothing they could do about it. I know that we all want to get in and out. We all want to get things taken care of uh, very quickly. That just doesn't always happen. And the second thing I want you to realize is that this was statewide. It was not a regional thing. It wasn't just uh, to the Kaiser area, the Mineral County area. This was statewide. Excuse me. So the West Virginia Division of Motor Vehicles and the Department of Health and Human Resources uh, had an equipment failure at the primary data center. OK, and that's what prevented our local agencies from being able to really process all the transactions that were needing to be done. Uh, replacement parts had been put on order and they wanted them as quickly as possible. Supposedly uh, they were on their way to be delivered and we should be able to see a smooth flow of things this week. I still encourage you, if you got to go to the DMV this week or the DHHR, go ahead and check their websites before you take off and get to the location just to verify and make sure that everything's operational at this point in time. Because I know with the DMV, even if it's not operational, uh, there's a lot of things that you can do online instead of having to go there, or you can go to a kiosk. Um, so once again, uh, bear with those people. Uh, don't, don't take it out on them. Listen, they're there to do a job. They're going to do the best that they can. Uh, but that's what was going on at the DMV and DHHR this past week. It was a, just a fluke thing. Things went bad at the, at the data center, and it unfortunately caused uh, problems for our local area. Now, this one here, not really news from this past week, really nothing happening, happening, but we're almost back to that time of the year. And this is my favorite time of year. 
we're getting close to fall sports with Kaiser High School. And I, I've, I've been dreading all summer long the fact that I don't have sports to talk about and people to talk to, but that's going to change very soon here. So get excited. <laughs> um, it's been announced that the football, the girls and boys cross country team, the boys and girls soccer team, cheerleading and golf all have an official start day to the 2022 fall season of August 1st. And then, of course, the girls volleyball will start on August the 8th. So, I, like I said, I don't know about the rest of y'all, but I'm super excited about this year's uh, sports season with Kaiser High School. And I'm glad to hear that the kids are getting ready to start the official practices. Let's keep our fingers crossed that nothing's going to interfere with the sports seasons this year. We want to be able to get it all in. We want the kids to have a great time and to really enjoy themselves. And as fans, we want the opportunity to go out and watch them play and to cheer them on. So once again, super excited. Official start day for Kaiser High School Sports, August 1st for practices uh, for the vast majority, and then August 8th for volleyball. Now that's going to wrap up our local Kaiser news. Let's look at the state news. So what's happening in West Virginia? Once again, we're not focused on Maryland. Don't care. We're not focused on Pennsylvania. We're not focused on Virginia. This is about us and our state. So in the state news, this is big news. The Kanawha Circuit Judge Tara Salango, and you're going to see me look down because I got to read this. Uh, has granted a temporary injunction blocking the enforcement of the 1849 law that prevents abortions in our state. As of last Monday's ruling, the Women's Health Center of West Virginia, which of course is located in Charleston, and it's the only abortion clinic that we have in our state, they are now able to resume abortions. Now, the law has been very debated, very highly debated uh, since the Supreme Court ruling on Roe versus Wade. And this law has not been in play for over 50 years, 50 years that this has been in play. Now, according to the attorney, I believe it's the attorney general, uh, he stated that the law never came off the books. It was just due to the Roe versus Wade. They couldn't enforce it. But now he's saying since Roe versus Wade's been overturned and has been handed back to the states, now they can enforce this law. This is where it gets confusing to me. And I'm not picking a side here because this is up to you as an individual to determine where you stand on this matter. OK, that's not the point of this podcast or YouTube channel to try to convince you either way. What I'm here to do is present you with facts and with statements that you can take and do your own research on. But this is where things get interesting, okay? This law, like I said, 1849 was when this law was created, okay? It predates our state. We were not even a state in 1849. We didn't become a state until June 20th of 1863. So I don't know how it gets on the books. I guess it's just a, originally a Virginia law would be my assumption that we carried over with us. But you would think once you become a state, 
you would take it upon yourselves to create your own laws covering everything that's going to be uh, needing addressed. To make matters even more confusing is the fact that under Roe v. Wade, we created more laws, actual laws on the books, one of them being the fact that uh, abortions were legal up to 20 weeks. At 20 weeks, they were no longer legal under Roe versus Wade. And then you had, if the mother was going to suffer severe disfigurement or bodily issues, uh, something along that line, that that would be okay. And there was like one or two other reasons that it would be uh, permissible to have an abortion under West Virginia law with Roe v. Wade in place. Now that Roe v. Wade's not in place, do we kick those laws out? You know, you can't, it's hard to say that you can't do the abortions when you have laws stating you can. So something's got to give. And what we need now is for the politicians to get together, our, our Senate and House and our governor to get together and clarify where we are within our state. What rights are they allowing and what rights are they not allowing? Because it's very confusing. In West Virginia, and I don't mark my words on this one, but I believe under the 1849 law, if you had an abortion, it was like life imprisonment. But now you can murder somebody, uh, and I forget what it's called. There's a certain, certain word. It's not your average thing, but uh, there are certain cases of murder where the max is like 40 years imprisonment. Matter of fact, we're going to talk about somebody that murdered somebody in the state, and that's what they got. They got a second-degree murder charge and a 40-year sentence. So we really need to know what the repercussions are and what is going to be allowed and what's not going to be allowed under the laws of West Virginia. So I would highly anticipate that this injunction will stand until there has been more thought and more action taken by the politicians to clear up the situation on these laws. Now, I'm going to throw this paper down to the side. I'm going to go to my next one. So West Virginia has been awarded $18.1 million. $18.1 million. That's a fantastic number. And that's coming from the Federal Appalachian Regional Commission for 14 projects that are going to focus on area developments and underprivileged communities. So one of the most important things I think you can take from this is that the West Virginia's former first lady, Gail Manchin, is the commission's federal co-chair. So you can't tell me that that doesn't help immensely. Senator Manchin's wife is co-chairing. Uh, so that pays dividends to our state, having those kind of connections. Once again, this $18.1 million, it's going to go to fixing up water treatment plants, sewer projects, um, the, how do I want to put it, the development along Corridor H, uh, different properties. They're going to have to figure out what, what can be industrialized, what can't, and so forth. So this is money that's going to be used to better our state. Also, our state has another new hotline. So, of course, we talked about the 988 number for mental health, which is nationwide, I do believe. Um, but now our state has a new hotline for anyone with concerns about a recovery residency in our state. So recovery residency, what is that? We're talking halfway houses. We're talking um, what some consider sober living homes. 
uh, they take multiple names, but they are places that help for drug rehab, uh, people needing to get sober, uh, a whole uh, plethora of people suffering from addictions. Uh, these places are typical places that they can go to try to get themselves clean. So currently, and the reason we needed this hotline, currently no one actually knows how many sober living homes are actually active in our state right now. And the reason being is because there's absolutely no registration required to start one. And on top of that, the certification process is completely voluntary. So it's a good thing. It's stuff that's really needed within our state, but this is a bad setup when you don't have to register and anybody can just start one because there's no laws or rules or structure to how things go. So once again, we can all agree that we need them, but we need something more. We need structure. So what's going to happen now is with this new phone number, if you see something going on that just doesn't seem right, or maybe you're hearing complaints from people who are attending these places or trying to stay at these places that there's some kind of abuse, vandalism, people are being taken advantage of, advantage of. This number is a number that we can call and we can report what we're seeing or what, what we're hearing. And then the state can send out a, a, an agency that's more apt to deal with this research, find out if there actually is a problem. And then if there is, try to help them get it resolved. And if they can't get it resolved, then let's shut it down so that we're not doing more damage than good. But if you know of a problem or you want to write this down to have on hand, if you have a, a, sober, a sober living home uh, close by that you have issues with, the number to call is 1-800-642-8588. Once again, 1-800-642-8589. Also, Governor Justice has also announced that the state is allocating $20.8 million for six broadband projects in our state. This money is part of the effort to utilize $1 billion in state and federal funds uh, to improve broadband to 200000 homes and businesses in the state of West Virginia. $1 billion for 200,000 homes and businesses. That's crazy numbers. Uh, CityNet, Comcast, DQE, Shenandoah Cable, and Frontier are the companies that are leading these projects, and they're going to receive matching funds that could possibly exceed $13.2 million. As far as I could research and, and find, that's a piece, $13.2 million a piece that they could be matched at. That's an incredible number. As of now, $61.2 million has been used. $61.2 million been used up to this point this year. And that has brought the potential of adding broadband to 11,000 homes. $61.2 million to bring broadband to 11,000 homes. That is, no, that doesn't sound good to me. I don't know about the rest of y'all. I think that's a crappy low number and an extremely high price. I know inflation is bad, but come on. Somebody is just really taking advantage of the government. Now, what this has done is it's added 500 miles of fiber cable. 
So in the state of West Virginia, as you well know, a lot of rock, a lot of mountain, a lot of state and, and federal grounds, 500 miles. Uh, and it's hard to say how many miles I'll actually have to add to get it all done. Now, our former George Washington High School football standout, Ryan Schweitzer, Switzer, whatever, however you want to say it, I don't know him, uh, has announced his retirement from the NFL. He was a fourth-round pick by the Dallas Cowboys in 2017. And from there, he spent time also with Oakland Raiders, Pittsburgh Steelers, and yes, even the Cleveland Sucks Browns. That's right, the Cleveland Sucks Browns because they're horrible. I hate them. Um, he has said that a recent injury that he sustained uh, has kept him from meeting the demands of the game physically, and that's why he's going ahead and retiring. We also know that just last week he had surgery on his ankle. One can assume that that is the injury that – was the icing on the cake and has prohibited him from continuing his career. He wasn't a big guy to begin with. And you know, when you face those monsters every week, one good hit will take you out very, very quickly. Now, not that it's a huge savings uh, to the people of West Virginia, but triple a has announced that West Virginia gas prices are down almost 25 cents from last month. Granted they're up like three bucks, but they're down 25 cents from last month, so huge savings to the West Virginia citizens. The current average price of a gallon of gas is $4.66. Uh, Grafton native, Otha Compton, I hope I said that right, Otha, maybe Otha, uh, has passed away at the age of 100 years old. The reason I mention him is that he was the last surviving member of the destroyer USS John Hood, and he served in World War II. During his time, he was awarded three bronze stars, the Asiatic and Pacific Ribbons, and the Victory Medal. So another great West Virginia veteran uh, has passed and moved on, and I'm sure he's in a much better place now uh, than when he was with us. But you, I just want to remember uh, these men who did such great things for our country, for our state, and for their their family and friends. Uh, the governor has called a special special session today to focus on his tax cut plan, not the abortion issue, which is really leading the nation, but to focus on his tax cut plan, which I don't blame him on this thing. I want to see this thing happen. Uh, his plan would provide deeper tax cuts to West Virginia citizens that fall in the lower income bracket. Now, listen, I'm all for that. Because those who don't have are those who need the most help. And we ought to be willing to help those who are in need. Let's hope that this thing goes through right now. And I hate to say this, but there are members of the GOP in the Senate, West Virginia Senate, that currently are pushing to have a 10% cut for everybody. I The one thing, which that's good too, but the one thing I don't want to see is this become this huge battle and then nobody gets anything at, at worst. Let's not cover everybody, but let's cover those who really need it. At best, let's cover everybody. But let's make sure we don't do absolutely nothing. We need West Virginians taken care of, and that's why these people were put into office to do exactly that. Now, Senator Manchin and Capito are working with a bipartisan group of senators on the Electoral Count Reform Act and the Presidential Transition Improvement Act. 
The first act is going to make the rules for counting electoral college votes easy enough that there's absolutely no confusion in the process. So they're going to spell it out and use pictographs so that even a dummy can understand how to count electoral votes and nobody can be confused. The second act, the second act will clarify the rules for the transition of power uh, at the White House after elections. So, yes, there's a big to do about the transfer of powers and the possibility of one maybe not giving up the powers. Uh, but if you look at it for many, many years now, uh, I've seen it in the Bush administrations, the Clinton administrations, the Obama administrations, uh, the Trump administrations, and they'll probably happen under the Biden administrations, not necessarily the presidents themselves, but there's always been some kind of uh, stupidity that goes from members of the staff, at least, and nothing has ever gone smooth. And you would think that that would be the opposite because we're all trying to uh, or supposedly they're all working for one country, us, the people of the United States. So it shouldn't matter. Uh, but evidently they take it personal, they get uh, their feelings hurt, and they try to put the screw-ins to the next person coming in. Uh, so this is to clarify how that's to work and I guess give the option of legal action possibly uh, to those who choose to violate. Now, Joshua Phillips, uh, I talked about this earlier, Joshua Phillips was sentenced to 40 years in prison for the murder that occurred in 2020 of a Charleston police officer by the name of Cassie Johnson. He was charged with second degree murder. So it's always good to see uh, these guys get put behind bars to see uh, the proper thing done. We just want to see it all across the board. We always want, when some when a wrong is done, we want to see the right thing happen uh, to make things right. And finally, to cap off our news, Laura Goodwin of Bridgeport has accomplished an amazing feat. It's been one of her lifetime goals. She has swam across the English Channel. The 21-mile swim, 21 miles, people. It took 10 hours, 44 minutes, and she did it without getting out of the water. Uh, her breaks consisted of her treading water. Well, <laughs> sorry, treading water while drinking chocolate milk. So that's an amazing thing to me. Once again, I can't even swim across New Creek or uh, Potomac. Matter of fact, I can't even float. I sink. So that's incredible. Congratulations to her. Now, as far as events go, I have three main ones I want to make sure I get in. I only get 30 minutes under this new format that I've started uh, to use. So I'm trying to get it in. I'm getting close to the end. July 30th, there's Airsoft Games at Ashran Airsoft Field in Fort Ashby. The start time is noon, and the address of this location is 8791 Frankfurt Highway in Fort Ashby. So I guess if you're into Airsoft, you want to play some Airsoft games, uh, maybe show up and see what they say. Now, we also have on the 30th, Movie Night in the Park that's being hosted by JB Productions at Kaiser at the West End Playground. This week's movie is The Game Plan, and that movie is going to start around 8.30 p.m., and as always, movie and the popcorn are completely free. They do have had, or they do have had, uh, they have had concessions. I'm assuming they're going to still have them where you can get drinks, maybe a hot dog, and then up till 8 o'clock, they're going to still be continuing to sell raffle tickets for another item that they have. They use these raffles to raise money to pay for uh, the license to show these movies to the public and offer something fun for everybody to do for free. 
So buy a ticket. See if you win something. If not, all you're doing is helping out the community and giving kids something to do. Uh, and then finally, on the 30th, Everline G- DJing and Entertainment is going to be at Clancy's Irish Pub for another glow party. Such a huge success. They're going to do it again. This event is going to happen from 10 p.m. to 2.45 a.m. Yes, my butt's in bed by that time. There is a $5 cover charge, and everybody in attendance must be 21 years of age to participate. We also have, real quick, 26 uh, open mic night at Mezzo starting at 7 p.m. on the 29th. Janice and John at the Toasted Goat at 7 p.m. Amanda Wilkins and Solo at Lash Balls Bar and Grill. Uh, Surrender Dorothy at Lash Balls West. That's going to be from 9 p.m. to 12 p.m. Then on the 30th, we have the Witherbees at Clatters at 7 p.m. Uh, Samantha Press at Dig Deep Brewing Company at 7.30 p.m. Matt Borer at Toasted Goat at 7 p.m., 1985 at the Honey Honey at 9 p.m. Kaiser Wrights, thank you for joining me again for this episode. I hope that you enjoy it. I love you. I thank you. And I can't wait to talk to you again next week. Take care.